Well, good morning. Good to see you today. Um, as we are obviously in Memorial Day weekend, I want to just share with you some exciting things. First of all, isn't it good just to all worship together one day as a church family? Let's give God a hand. That is awesome. And a little bit later in the service today, we are going to get to bring in eight new members into our church. Uh, we're also going to get to dedicate three beautiful babies. And we get to baptize two children. Let's give God another hand for that. That is awesome. And if you're like me, you want to know what the plan is. So let me just tell you, after the service, we're going to eat, visit, visit, maybe get involved in some of the games that we have outside and just hang out together. Is that cool? All right, well, let's get to it. We are in a series. If you're new this morning, we are in a series called Family Life. Say it with me. The good, the bad... Yeah, family life can be very crazy, right? And sometimes family life can even be dysfunctional, okay? Now, I've said this before, so I'll be the first one to say it. Raise your hand if you've ever said out loud, or at least in your head, our family is so dysfunctional, all right? Raise your hand. Come on, let's just be honest, right? Okay, (laughs) man, there's a lot of hands going up. (laughs) Our family is so dysfunctional, all right? That's why we can't have nice things, okay? Uh, we're talking about dysfunction today, and I looked up the word dysfunctional because sometimes we think that dysfunctional means unhealthy, all right? But as I was studying this today, there's a difference between dysfunctional and unhealthy, okay? And the word dysfunctional simply means, let's read it together, functioning with, yeah, functioning with pain. So all of us are dysfunctional. Because all of us function with pain. Speaking of pain, this weekend, uh, my wife and I and our family went to a wedding in Kansas City. And while we were there in Kansas City, we attended the wedding. And then I heard from someone that outside this wedding, there was an arena where they had a mechanical bull. And so I was told there was a mechanical bull, so I just started wandering around because after a while I got bored just sitting there staring at each other and all of that. And so we started wandering around. The kids followed me out there and a few others, um, and I found the mechanical bull. And I thought, I'm going to ride that. I'm not making this up, okay? Now remember, what's, the, what's our definition of dysfunctional? Functioning? Okay, just keep that in your mind. So we were trying to find in where to plug it in so that we could ride this thing. And I found the plug and I I plugged it in and a couple of people said, I want to ride it too. And, you know, this guy gets on it and he rides it and we figured out how to work it and we're riding it. And all of a sudden he gets off and I'm like, it's my turn. So I get on it, my wife's watching and I'm like, yup, I'm going to do this. I get in the saddle, go ahead. It was a ride straight from hell. That's all I'm going to tell you. I almost cut my hand down to the knuckles. And I didn't know that when you're riding one of these mechanical bulls, you need to be straight up on the thing, right, so that you don't fall off. So I didn't do that. I was back here. And I'm going like he's riding and he's looking at me. And I don't know. He didn't read my panicked look in my face. I looked at him and was saying, shut it off. Somehow he thought it meant faster. So... (laughs) he's riding this and I'm thinking, my wife is watching this. My kids are watching this. So it threw me off 
after about five seconds, and I'm just laying there full of pride, and I had this physical pain and this emotional pain, but what made it worse is that my wife got on it, and she wrote it without falling off right after I did. So I was physically hurt. I was emotionally hurt. And I was, yeah, you were in a dress too, yep. I was physically hurt, I was emotionally hurt, and I guess spiritually hurt too. Functioning with pain. And as I I share with you about that, that's kind of funny, actually not all that funny, but kind of funny. Uh, Every family is dysfunctional, okay? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are dysfunctional. Some of you have been waiting to say that to the person next to you as long, and I just gave you permission, all right? Every family is dysfunctional. Because every family has pain, right? Earlier, we just asked you to slip your hand up if you were remembering someone. All of us have pain, okay? And what we're going to be looking at today is that all families function with varied levels of pain. Some of you have lost a child or you've lost a dad or a mom or you're dealing with some kind of a job loss. There's some type of pain. And others of us, we've caused the pain. We, we cause whatever it is. But regardless of where we're at with that, all families function with some levels of pain. And so here's, here's today what I want to share with you is a family in pain doesn't always mean the family is unhealthy. Say that with me. A family in pain doesn't always mean the family. So you can be dysfunctional and still healthy. Right? Dysfunctional means functioning with pain. And a family in pain doesn't always mean the family is unhealthy. Many of you know people who are suffering with cancer or they're dealing with something really heavy and they're functioning with pain. But that doesn't necessarily mean that your family is unhealthy. And today, if you're new or for those of us who already know this, it's a good reminder, God's plan is not for your family to be pain-free. God's plan is for your family to be healthy. Okay, that took me two weeks to come up with. God's plan, let's read it together. God's plan is not for your family to be pain-free, but for your family to be... And there is a difference. In fact, James tells us, James, the book of James tells us, that in this world we will have pain. We will have trouble. We will have heartache. And yet at the same time, in the midst of that pain, maybe some of you are in pain right now, you're missing someone. You're remembering someone. The fact that I'm even bringing it up is bringing water to your eyes. Okay? Some of you are dealing with all kinds of different things. That doesn't mean that God looks at your family and says they are unhealthy or they are dysfunctional in a bad way. So today what we're going to talk about is what qualities... Does God say make for a healthy family? Not a functional or dysfunctional family. What qualities make for a healthy family? Let's read that together. What qualities does God say make? Many times we come up with our own list and that's what gets us in trouble. But as we walk with God, if we're going to be followers of God, what we need to care about and what I need to care about, what you need to care about 
is what God says is healthy. And we're going to talk about four things today real quick. First of all, the first thing that makes a family healthy, okay, is godly character. Say that with me. Godly character. A person's character charts the course of their life. Listen to this. Jesus said this. Jesus was talking. Everything out of his mouth was purposeful. And he said that a good person, a person of good character, produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. A good person produces good things from a good heart. A good person produces good things from a good heart. Say that with me. A good person produces good things. Yeah. And an evil person produces evil things. Well, where does that come from? An evil heart, right? So if we're going to have good character, if we want to have good character, continue with good character, we simply need to ask God to give us His character today and every day. I was a youth pastor for several years, and we would see students who would come and they would give their lives to Christ. I can see right now in my head as I'm sharing this with you, tears that are just dripping on the altar at teen camp and even kids camp in the last few years that I've been to that. And kids are up there and they're saying yes to Jesus and God is cleansing their heart. But for many people, they let God clean them up one day and then assume that that one experience where God cleans them up is going to last forever. Okay, It's just like mowing your grass. You mow your grass once and it looks great. But if you don't continually tend to it, what happens? It, it grows weeds. It begins to not look attractive and not all that long. It, you can almost, it looks like nothing happened. So when we ask Jesus into our heart and we give him our hearts, there has to be that daily tending to that by simply praying and, and talking with God and letting God have your heart. So every day, okay, we're talking about an action step here. If we want godly character to be a healthy family, we've got to say, God, today, in the middle of whatever I'm dealing with, whatever you're dealing with, give me your character. And tomorrow, Jesus, would you give me your character? Mom's in the hospital. Would you give me your character? I've got 150 things I've got to do today and my husband or my wife's not going to help me or they're going to be gone. Would you give me your character? I've got to let someone go today and I don't, I don't know how they're going to take it. Would you give me your character? I've got, to, I've got to go another year without dad or without mom or without my child or without my husband or without my wife. God, would you give me your character? If we're going to have healthy families, we have to have godly character and we don't see it as much anymore, do we? There's a, there's, a skewed, um, there's a skewed definition of right and wrong, and it starts with godly character. The next thing we need to have if we're going to be a family that's healthy besides godly character is healthy habits. Say that with me. Healthy habits. Listen to this. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. In other words, what Paul is saying is if you copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, you're not going to be where you need to be with God. 
Don't copy their customs, but let God transform you into a new person. This is my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Let's read the next few words together. By changing, God wants to change the way you think. Have you ever had someone say, man, there's something different about them? What they're saying is they don't copy the patterns and the behaviors that I see everybody else being involved in. There's something different. What's different? Jesus is in them. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I share that with you today because I hear people say all the time, I just don't know what God's plan is for me. I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to keep the job or if I'm supposed to f- switch jobs. I, I'm not sure what I need to do in my marriage. But see, as we let God change the way we think, if we have this healthy habit, do you know what it takes between 21, somebody said 21 days, and other research says 66 days, but it takes between 21 and 66 days for a habit to form. And developing this habit of saying, God, change the way that I think. Change the way that I view life. As we do that, God is able to reveal what his will is to us. So a simple thing that we can do to to have healthy habits is to start practicing spiritual disciplines. Let's read that. Start practicing. What does that mean? Spiritual discipline, reading God's word. David says, I have hidden your word in in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, there's a direct correlation between reading God's word and living the life that God wants us to live. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Reading his word, spending time in prayer, spending time as we're doing today together. Start practicing spiritual disciplines. And I've heard many people say that I just don't know what's wrong with my kid. I don't know. I don't know what planet they're from. I don't know where they come from. They get it from their dad. They get it from their dad. I knew a long time ago when I saw him, I'm like, he looks good, but why do I go down this road? And now here I am. Have prayer together as a family. Read God's word together as a family. You know, we want the Cliff Notes version of everything. Start practicing spiritual disciplines. Begin some healthy habits together as a family. And and you'd be amazed how that will impact your attitude and your family's attitude. Okay? So we're talking today about how do we become healthy. And then third, we have to have positive influences in our life. If we want to be healthy, we have to have godly character. We have to have healthy habits. And we have to have, let's read it, Positive. Read this. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company, you need to tell that to your children. If you're going to tell them a verse, you need to read them that verse. As much as you pray for your kids, you should pray for their who they choose as friends. You need to pray for your spouse when they're at work, that they're not allowing... The wrong type of influences to come into their life. If we want to be a healthy family and a healthy person, we have to have positive influences around us. 
And Paul, as he's writing Corinth, this isn't a new thing. This has been going on for 2,000 plus years. And Paul says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. So what does this mean? If we're going to be healthy, Paul is saying that who we surround ourselves with, this isn't just for kids. Who we surround ourselves with, to a large degree, not totally, but to a large degree, determine the outcome. So what do we need to do practically? Let's read it. Choose relationships very, very, very What influences are around your kids? What influences are you surrounding yourself with? What are you allowing into your circle? Who are you allowing into your circle? If the goal is to be like Jesus, we have to let him shape our character and our habits and the people that we infl- that, that are around us. And finally... We need to make right choices. It's all leading a certain direction. The Chiefs just drafted a quarterback this year. At some point he's going to play. They didn't draft him just to sit. He's supposed to sit a year, but he's going to end up playing. They didn't draft him to sit. God didn't draft us, so to speak, have Jesus die on the cross for, for us, for us to receive his grace, but to not be changed by it. And for us in our lives, at some point, if we're a follower of Jesus, we're going to make right choices. Jesus said this, if you love me, let's finish it, obey. It's like Jesus equates love and obedience. If you love me, be unfaithful to me. If you love me, cheat on me. Put somebody else ahead of me. Make an idol for yourself. No, Jesus said, if you love me, if, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And then he goes on to say in 1 John, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave, gave us lives in us. What does that look like? Make choices based on what is right in God's eyes instead of what is the most convenient in your eyes. Did you catch that? Let's read that. Make choices based on what is right in God's eyes instead of what is the most convenient. What does that look like practically? I don't want to go to church, mom. I don't I don't want to I don't want you to put a password on my phone. I don't I don't want to I don't want to go on vacation with the rest of the family. I don't I don't want to this. I don't want to that. Well, it'd be more convenient just to give in, wouldn't it? But is that what's right? I don't want to stay married to her. I don't want to stay married to him. I don't want to work on a marriage. I, I don't want to get a job. I like just, just you know, taking from people. I, I don't want to just do the right thing. I just want to do what's easy. And we see that in our culture, don't we? We see herds and herds of people who are choosing convenient over right. 
I'm not talking about politics. We choose people doing, we, we see people doing the convenient thing rather than the right thing. I remember as a kid, dad saying, don't half do it. Don't just, if you're going to do something, don't half do it. Finish what you start. Go all the way. And I hear God saying to us, don't half do your faith. Don't half come to church. Don't half raise your kids the right way. Don't half seek God's word. Don't half seek his kingdom. I think that's called lukewarm. Jesus talked about he would rather us being hot or cold than lukewarm. The aroma and the taste of lukewarm, Jesus says, it makes him want to spit it out of his mouth. I don't say that in a judgmental way because I grew up in church, so it's easy for me to either half do my faith or all do my faith. It's hard for me to just say I'm, I'm going to go the other direction. But Jesus said he would rather you go the other direction or go all in than be in this lukewarm spot. We have to make right choices. Healthy families, according to God, have godly character. And we have godly character by simply saying, God, give me your character. Healthy families develop healthy habits, which means that we practically, we start using spiritual disciplines. Healthy families understand the power of influence. And they begin to pray. I share this story real quick. I served in St. Louis for two years And you've heard me share this story, but some of you haven't heard it. The pastor and his wife would fast every Tuesday, lunch. And they would go in there and they would pray. And I figured they were fasting and praying for the church. And one day I asked Mike, I said, you go in there and you don't have lunch and you're fasting for the church. And he goes, no, not for the church, for my children. Well, what are you fasting and praying for? I'm praying who they're going to meet and who they're going to marry I'm praying that that they would have happy lives. I'm praying that that there wouldn't be any negative influences in their life that would, or that they would be influenced by negative influences in their life, that they would be able to be set apart for what God. And he just went on and on and on. Develop that habit of praying ahead of time. Be proactive. Some of us are planners. Be planners in your prayer life for your kids and for those around you. Lord, I'm going to start praying right now for my son or daughter's future spouse. I'm going to pray right now that they would follow your plans and purposes the rest of their life. I'm going to pray right now that every every night that we would try to make it a, a point to spend time with you and you would bring it to my attention, God. Positive influences. Praying that God would put positive influences around your kids. And lastly, healthy families make right choices. God, when it comes down to it and my son's being tempted or my daughter's being tempted or I'm being tempted or my spouse is being tempted or my friend who I work next to is being tempted, Lord, would you give them the power through your spirit to make right choices? If we have these things, it forms a rock-solid foundation for for healthy families. I share that with you today. Because while this is kind of practical, nuts and bolts, foundational, nothing real, you know, entertaining about it, 
if we would apply these things to our life, really, it would vastly and greatly improve the health of any family that would do it. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. And they are compared to a person who builds a house on solid rock. He even goes on. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house. Some of you were praying for Deidre, right? We're praying for other people who are sick. You're in the middle of something. And that rain and those torrents, and that we've had some floodwaters lately. They're beating against the house. But if your house is built on the rock, it won't collapse. Let's finish it. Because it is built. But then he gives, he gives another example. Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it. Are we teaching our kids this stuff? Does your kids know this verse? Do they understand this? Do you understand it? Do I understand it? Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it's foolish. Like a person who builds their house on what? When the rains and floods come, and by the way, James says, when, not if, you have trials come your way, and the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will with a mighty crash. How do we build on the rock? Let's read them. Godly character, healthy habits, positive influences. God's plan is not for your family to be pain-free, but for your family to be healthy in the four ways we just mentioned. Imagine what it would look like in your family, and I'm done. Imagine what it would look like in your family if you made those four things a priority. What would happen? A couple of things as we're getting ready to go play. Uh, This summer, on a Friday night, we've never done this before, on a Friday night, July 7th, we're going to have you save the date. So put it in your calendars, whatever, Friday night, July 7th. We're going to gather together. We're going to have a night of just hanging out at the park. We're going to have food, inflatables. We're trying to get pony rides. We're going to try to rent out kitty land. Some of those things we're in the middle of trying to get done. It'll be an opportunity for you to invite people who don't attend our church. It's going to be very laid back July 7th, Friday night. Also, uh, as we exit here to go outside and eat, the food should be ready. You can exit out this west door and go around towards uh, the food outside the gym. And then also we'll have uh, seating inside the gym, inflatables and everything outside the gym. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to dismiss us and we're going to pray for the food now. Is that okay? Lord Jesus, thank you. You are awesome. We've laughed. We've cried. We've been able to spend time with you. Father, bless our fellowship today together. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our church and in in our community. We give you praise for who you are. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a great day today.